Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Irreverent, entertaining, cool. You're listening to LA Talk Radio. You're listening to All Things Therapy with Lisa Tahir, only on LA Talk Radio. Hello there. Welcome to All Things Therapy. I'm your host, Lisa Tahir. I'm a licensed clinical social worker, and the mission of this podcast is to change consciousness one conversation at a time. I invite you to subscribe to this podcast on all the platforms that it's on and encourage you to give a written review and star rating as that helps a lot on these platforms. And if you are looking for someone to work with doing remote and virtual therapy through phone, Skype, FaceTime, and Zoom, reach out to me through my website, which is NOLA Therapy. It's the abbreviation for New Orleans Los Angeles Therapy. And at my website, you're able to schedule sessions on your own, join my email list. I offer an online class having to do with empowerment, I-N, sourcing from within yourself and bringing your gifts forward from yourself. Additionally, I'm really, really excited and proud to share my book that is shipping out November 10th, having to do with healing our deepest core wounds through empathy and self-forgiveness based upon the astrological placement of Chiron, was just endorsed by His Holiness, the 14th Dalai Lama, as well as by my guest today, who is about to come on. And so I encourage you to go to NOLA Therapy. You can read about my book to see if it relates to you. I'm excited to really help people shift and transform their patterns by changing their beliefs and really understanding why you've developed the beliefs that you have. So all of that is at NOLA Therapy. I am really fortunate today to be with Catherine Woodward Thomas, who is a brilliant mentor and friend. She's a licensed marriage and family therapist, and her work touches people literally around the world through her two New York Times bestselling books. One is called Conscious Uncoupling, Five Steps to Living Happily Even After. 
Her second book is called Calling in the One, Seven Weeks to Attract the Love of Your Life, which Catherine has just revised. We're going to be talking about that today as far as what it offers us. I have done her Calling in the One process with one of her coaches. Catherine does train and certify coaches to work with you. She offers in-person and online learning communities and recently has partnered with Mind Valley, just an awesome organization reaching the world with master teachers with Catherine, which Catherine is. And you can check out her online masterclass with them at mindvalley.com. And you can find Catherine herself at Catherine Woodward Thomas. Welcome, Catherine. Hi, Lisa. Congratulations on that wonderful endorsement by the Dalai Lama. Oh, my gosh. Thank you. I was so excited to share it with you since you're one of my endorsers, and I'm so grateful to you for that and to have gotten to know you over the years. Thank you. It's been really lovely to know you, too. I think this is my third or fourth time on the show. I, I think it's the fourth. I was trying to go through my notes, and I think I have four packets of of notes I've collected over the years in speaking with you. I have a lot to say. You do. (laughs) So me up. It's hard to shut me up. That's how that goes. No, it's good. You have so much to offer. So I know you are releasing, calling in the one, re-releasing it. Where would you like to start? Well, you said you called Calling in My One my second book in the intro. It's actually my first book. It's your first, right. I wrote it in 2004. And I wrote it, it was kind of the beginning of the journey. Because in 2004, you could still get a book deal with no platform. Wow. (laughs) Those who are aspiring writers, uh, teachers, um, they just liked the idea. They liked the book. And so they they published it. And, And basically back then, the publishing world, they would kind of throw... It was what they they kind of throw spaghetti against the wall and see which one stuck. That's what they did with all the books. So they just, just put out a ton of books and see which one stuck and calling in the one stuck because it became a national bestseller within four months. That's amazing. Which was a whole series of magic. I know it was manifestation magic in and of itself. The book has its own energy. I will just tell you that. I've had people buy the book and just put it by their bedstand. They haven't even read it or opened it up and suddenly three ex-lovers call them to apologize and beg forgiveness. So you wow. know, it has its own, it has a field truthfully. And I wrote it very prayerfully, very mindfully. And I certainly wrote it from my own experience because I had been struggling for years in love relationships. I had a lot of painful patterns, unavailable men. I was very drawn to narcissistic people and would get myself entangled into all sorts of codependent kind of situations. And uh, love was filled with anxiety Mm. and love was filled with heartbreak, hope and heartbreak and um, idealization, devaluing, you know, it's just, just, just on and on endless cycles of push pull and always with uh, a broken heart at the end of it. Mm. So, uh, you know, other parts of my lives were, were working beautifully and, and I had friends and I had uh, meaningful work. I created a nonprofit. I was doing yes. work with people who were homeless that lit my heart up. But I just couldn't get this this together. And I, I literally caused a miracle for myself from a place of meditation, prayer, yes. uh, really starting from setting an intention for a future that was just not going to happen unless I stood for it. You know, and I think 
the listeners who are listening, like you, you know your patterns and you know like what looks impossible. And if you can have the courage and the spiritual strength to say, I'm going to declare an unreasonable future mm. and start living into that future and into the question, who will I need to be in order to manifest that? What will I need to give up? And what will I need to begin to grow and to, to, to prepare myself to receive this? You will begin to get answers to that. And if you can begin to think of this as a developmental journey, in addition to being a healing journey, a lot of us are working on our relationship issues. Like I'm going to look backwards and what happened when, and who did what to when, and why did they do that? And where did they do that? And when did they do that? And how do I feel about the fact that they did that or didn't do that? That's what I'm going to call a healing journey. Very yeah. important to connect those dots. Very important to heal our hearts. But it's not a developmental journey. It doesn't initiate the growth that we, that we missed out on in our childhood that we will actually need in order for the story to go differently. So using you know this kind of uh, process, really creating it from my own intuitive knowing, I did manifest a miracle. I did feel intended when I said, I'm going to be engaged by my 42nd birthday. Yes. And I, I did manifest that. And then I wrote about it. So, and then, it, and that's when the book went out and became a bestseller. I hadn't really worked with a lot of people at that point. I'd worked with maybe, oh gosh, a hundred's going to be generous. But, um, Obviously, since the book came out, I've had the opportunity to work with many people. I have literally, personally taken about 50,000 people through the program now. Amazing. And not one-on-one, -on -one, but I would have classes with 100, 200, 300, 1,000 people. But I'm coaching people and I'm with people. So over the years, I've had the privilege of refining the process. And I've also been training coaches and they've been working with people. So we've been growing and learning. So the new book that's coming out next spring, same title, the new and revised updated calling in the one is the same exact process. Just the stories are clearer. Um, the, the distinctions are more refined so the program itself is not changing. The way I'm delivering the program is up-leveled. So the book as it is, is still powerful. I get hundreds of emails every month, just people telling me that it worked for them. And, um, and, and, and so that process is still intact. But you know, there's so much changing in our world even with, you know, the choices that are opening up for us to be able to freely choose our gender or to freely choose <clears throat> whether we want to be in monogamous relationships, or polyamorous relationships, you know, relationships are a moving train. Mm -hmm. And um, so I needed to update also just the social context of what we mean when we say calling in the one. So that, that's basically it in a nutshell. And so I was curious as well, that makes sense that you would want to infuse it with the current times and consciousness. It was part of that also, Catherine, things that you've learned about love in your own relationship and, and wanting to impart that? 
Absolutely. Thank you. And, you know, I've, I'm also the creator, as you said, of conscious uncoupling, and I only create things from my lived experience. So mm. after 11 years of my first marriage to Mark, where I had our child when I was 43, and, you know, the first several years were certainly me living my happily ever after story to the hilt, because just, you know, blessing after blessing, um, you know, we actually grew apart. I think I think part of that was just the context of becoming a very well-known teacher and my life changing so much and where my energy was and the fact that I'm really an evolutionary by nature and, and helping so many people to grow and to really articulate growth. Um, Mark wasn't really on that journey. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because I'm with I'm right next to the Dalai Lama there. But Mark is a, a very devoted Buddhist, mm. and his path is to accept everything exactly as it is. <laughs> so he okay. wasn't really interested in change. So we we just kind of grew in different directions, and um, and just and and that's just how life went with it. Now that's the that's kind of the 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 basic of the story. Now. As because I continue to grow, and and yes, calling in the one the new version is infused with a lot of the growth that I've been through. I actually see that when I formed my marriage with Mark, I didn't really have some of the tools that would make um, it possible to grow over the years with someone. Mm. I didn't really understand how to scoop someone in and how to be. Um, a, a unit with them. And I think Mark had the same issues. Both of us witnessed the really toxic divorce of our parents, which is one of the reasons I created Conscious Uncoupling. And then, and both of us um, actually experienced parental alienation when we were quite young. So his mother left him when he was a baby. And my father left uh, when I was maybe two and then gave up parental rights when I was 10. So we lost one of our parents. So we we didn't quite have um, the tools of how to sustain attachment when everyone's growing. Mm. And so obviously that's that's been a real growing edge. And when my marriage ended with him, uh, the first thing we did was really look to do this very consciously. And then I ended up developing the five steps of conscious uncoupling, which Gwyneth and Chris kicked into the lexicon, which is now really helping people to have honorable uh, separations where they minimize the damage that's done and everybody's left whole and complete at the end. You know, as much as possible, breakups are always going to be hard on the heart. We can't promise a pain-free breakup, but we can promise a a hate-free breakup, a destruction-free breakup. And uh, and then once I was done with that, I thought, okay, I need to start really growing in these areas that were even off my radar. I didn't even know that, you know, there's what we know, there's what we don't know, and then where's there's what we don't know that we don't know. That was in that right. category for me. <laughs> so ever yeah. since then, I've become a student, uh, a fiercely devoted student of happy, healthy love and what it actually requires of us to have uh, relationships that can last and grow over time. So now I'm in beautiful partnership with um, the next one. I called it the next one. It's beautiful <laughs> man, Michael. And uh, and I I was smart enough to say that I wanted um, 
to manifest in my visioning, I wanted to manifest a man who had had a long and happy marriage. Because now I'm in my 60s, I get to do that, right? You know, you're, yes. you're going into your next relationship and there's a lot of men, good men out there who have had long and happy marriages and the wife passed away. Or maybe, maybe they ended their marriage, but they did it peacefully. But I wanted a man who was actually a widower and really knew how to love and had very, very secure attachment. And, um, and uh, that's exactly what I got in Michael. So he's actually kind of the lead in our relationship that I've been preparing myself now for years. And so I actually know the language of uh, sustainable love over time. And I understand how you need to prioritize the relationship and all the things that I kind of forgot to do with Mark or just didn't neither one of us actually knew to do that. And then we woke up one day and we were just too far apart. So I will not repeat that again. And um, we're still co-raising our daughter. She's in college now. Yes. And, uh, and, and he has a new partner. He's happy. I have a new partner. I'm happy. Our daughter's not torn between the two of us. We work together as a cohesive unit and always have since the divorce. And, um, and so the next book is indeed infused with a lot of those things that I've been learning too. So I have added a lot of things to the process uh, that will be revealed in the new book. So I'm telling everyone that the new book is not till next spring, but we are having an event in September that's an in-depth study and collective coaching circle with the new manuscript. So we That's are making cool. it available for people who want to come in and do the up-level program now. And I noticed that's on Tuesday, September 8th, and it's available through your website yeah. for people to learn more. Yeah, for sure. You know, one I'd of, love to share more about that. One of my favorite things about your work is where you talk about, because a lot of myself being a therapist, even for 20 years, having been in therapy to heal my childhood wounds and getting to a place in my own process where the rehashing of traumatic memories became traumatic in itself after doing it so many times. And I started to wonder what, what is beyond this? And even the therapist I had at the time as wonderful as she was, I felt like we were kind of stuck in this old story. And I found myself saying, no, I don't want to go back to that abandonment. Like I'm really wanting to be stronger and create a future. And I was led to Prem, one of your coaches, to kind of pick up there and really to really dig into the new story, who we are becoming. And I created a vision board for my love, who I intend to manifest. And I noticed instead of pictures and beach destinations, though I know we will share those experiences, I put qualities of the partner I want to manifest, things like good communication and integrity, gentleness, forgiving, um, compassionate, all of these qualities. And then I noticed as I was building this vision board over the last eight to nine months that I started having to develop those qualities and conversations and experience mm. would manifest where I had to make a choice. Am I going to be the old Lisa responding from my wound and hurt? Or am I going to really be who I am to? I didn't expect all of that. So I've been able to respond differently to things that were triggers that in the past I might have really sent hurtful text or, you know, really just not been able to see another person's perspective. So I feel really excited and proud that through, you know, desiring a partner that I've become 
as you talk about as well in your work, the partner that that I'd love to manifest, that I intend to manifest. Can you talk to us some about that? That is so well put. Um, I've been developing, one of the things that came out of doing Calling in the One and working with so many people is what I'm calling the true love awakening process. Because the biggest obstacle to manifesting love, uh, as we've discovered it, is, is what we're calling your love identity. And the love identity is the sense of self that formed really, we were just, you know, dependent little creatures, little infants, um, and, and even, even developing consciousness in the womb, because there's studies that show that consciousness is indeed formed in the room. So I'm a person who's wanted, or I'm a person who's not wanted, mm. or I'm a person who's loved, or I'm someone who's not loved, or I'm alone, or I'm a part of I'm a part of a, a community. So um, those people who have very organically secure attachment tend to have formed a love identity that's consistent with the having of happy, healthy love. And those of us who have struggled uh, in this area tend to have a core identity of someone who is not safe in love, uh, not wanted, not good enough. And it's not something, you know, we can grow into very competent, strong, uh, a dating realm as that strong self. Once our dependency needs start to kick in, mm. we become very vulnerable to collapsing internally into that old story, particularly the disappointment. Somebody doesn't call, somebody doesn't choose us as quickly as we've chosen them. Um, we get disappointed just by somebody ghosts us. We had a lot of hope and then we get ghosted and we'll default very quickly into that old story. And what I have found is that it's very important to distinguish what that story is so that, you know, the, the process that most therapists are in, and you and I can talk about that because we're both therapists, yes. but the process that, uh, you know, we're, we're kind of. I think that the the field is pretty stuck in is, well, tell me what happened and how did you feel about that? And and it can get re-traumatizing. Here's the thing. We know now as metaphysicians that what, our, what we give our attention to grows. Grows, yes. So if we stay in the old story too long, we're actually doing damage to ourselves because we're solidifying the self that we formed in response to whatever that trauma was. Mm -hmm. That could be an acute trauma, someone died or a developmental trauma, yet a narcissistic parent and they, you know, they, you, you formed a self that I'm not good enough in response to that, that person or I'm invisible. And if you stay too long in the story, you're actually reinforcing it, reinforcing it, reinforcing right. it. Where calling in the one goes and we also touch on this in conscious uncoupling and certainly the whole true love awakening process is about this now is who are you in the future that you're committed to creating? That's the possible self of your future. And also who are you for real right now? Who's the true self as opposed to the traumatized self and then learning how to mentor the self in your body because that's yes. where beliefs live it's in the body that traumatized self from a deeper center and, and actually begin to live consistent with the, the self that you are in that future fulfilled. That's a wildly liberating process. 
that will bypass years of slow and steady progress. And you can actually transform your life in a very uh, small amount of time. You can transform how life is. Yeah. And feel better. And then your biggest problem is to catch up with what you've created because you've created such abundance and goodness. And it's, it's outside of who you've known yourself to be. So you're kind of like, if you were in a cave for years, you have to, you're walking out into the sun signing. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. In the sunlight, and you have to, you know, you can barely open your eyes because it's so bright out here. <laughs> That's the biggest So it's about letting it in now. then at, at a certain point. Yeah. Because it starts flowing. Yeah. The well-being and the love starts flowing. And it's like, oh, like... It, it like it's taken me aback some moments, the kindness and generosity coming my way. And it's like, you know, you're worthy. So then it's like, oh, it's another level to release the old story I found to let go yeah. of because sometimes when really beautiful things start happening, we might like it brings up tears. And I realized for me, it's a last remnant of, you know, feeling like I don't deserve it, you know, and just really releasing that old pattern. Oh, I didn't expect yeah, to get emotional, but for me, that was in. a big. Yeah, it was a big story that, you know, being unworthy and um, not being important. And so to really, you know, value oneself and and see how you are important and to cr- create right. those opportunities. Yes, and look in what it led to. The Dalai Lama stood for your book. Absolutely, Catherine. I set intention as well, and I realized that I had to, uh, like, raise my vibration to, to the level of true unconditional love and compassion because I actually approached him over a year ago and didn't hear anything. And I knew immediately that this is the wrong time. You know, you have to align yourself. Like where you talk about aligning yourself with the vision, the life you want to live. And so I just started yeah. meditating every day until I was in the field with him. And about a month ago, I literally heard him say, send me your book. I want to read it in a meditative state. And I, I emailed it. And in less than a month, I got the beautiful letter of endorsement. And it was like, it was real confirmation that we do have to just raise our vibration to really be a more compassionate person. I learned I had to change the way I communicate with people. I didn't mean to be rude. This is what I really meant. And, you know, I, I know that's what created the manifestation of this endorsement. Absolutely. What a beautiful story. Thank you. You could write a whole book on that. You know, I intend to somehow weave that into a a second book at the right time that I intend to write with my partner, Catherine. I really want to write a book Ah, with her, like do something together. Beautiful. Beautiful. So for our listeners, 
what might be a question that you're asked? Is there a question you're asked most often? Since you're dealing with couples getting together and them separating, like, I wonder if there's something you might hear a lot. And then we'll go to a quick commercial break. Oh, are you talking about for people who are getting divorced? Or just for your, like, people in your workshops. I wondered if there's a certain set of questions you're asked the most. I'm curious. Resignation. Mm. So I think if they were able to articulate that into a question is the question is, is it even possible for me after all of the narcissistic, alcoholic, codependent times I've been a mother to someone as opposed to a partner, like, you know, like all of the, the, the patterns wear on us and I've done so much work on myself. I've tried so many things. Is it even possible? That's the question that I think people walk into my office with <laughs> they, that's what they that's their entry point and so um, I never tire of telling people that your past does not determine what's possible in your future that we have the power right in this moment right now through the intention that we set and through the willingness that we have to come who we do Catherine, we're going to go to a break. And when we come back, I want, I would love to discuss. It's also a favorite thing of mine in your work where we start to understand ourselves as the source of our patterns and even owning our, if it's just 3% of something, as you talk about, to really get to the bottom of that. So just to give you kind of a, a heads up. Okay, great. Great. Thank you. You're welcome. So I am excited to promote OneCoreStore.com. They offer some really wonderful CBD-infused products to support a sense of peace and wellness to help with anxiety, stress, sleep, and pain management as an alternative to pharmaceuticals. At OneCoreStore, it is a licensed pharmacist that actually compounds all of their products and every package has a QR code that gives you access to the lab test results for that particular batch of products. So they offer CBD products. They offer some non-CBD products. And in states where it's legal, they offer THC products, all created by Green Roads. That's the company. And let's see, they have been fortunate that 90% of their customers return for additional products and they have been providing quality products that make a difference in people's lives since 2016. As my listener, they are offering you 10% off. They're already low prices by going to onecorestore.com forward slash therapy. And I've been enjoying taking, they have a set of products for women that help uh, just with our bodies as we're aging. There's also some nutritional products that I'm enjoying that they put out and a really rub for sore muscles. So check them out, onecorestore.com forward slash therapy for 10% off. So what may interfere with your happiness? Is there something preventing you from achieving your goals? If so, therapy is definitely a wonderful outlet I wouldn't be doing it for a living if it wasn't. And BetterHelp is a company providing HIPAA-compliant, secure video and phone therapy. You can connect with someone in less than 24 hours. And 
you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. It's more affordable than traditional online counseling, and they do offer financial aid. This service is available for clients worldwide, and their licensed counselors specialize in various issues such as depression, stress, anxiety, family conflicts, LGBT matters, and everything you share is confidential, convenient, and professional, and you can receive 10% off your first month as my listener by going to betterhelp.com forward slash A-T-T, betterhelp.com forward slash ATT. Okay, Catherine. So can we talk about that? Understanding? Because for me, that was liberating. In fact, it's what I was reaching for years ago, um, you know, and, and just feeling intuitively like going over and over through the pain, like there has to be something beyond that. And, and owning right, now so as an adult. The- yeah. Okay. Yeah. Please take over. Yeah. So here's the thing about that. The, the, the entry point to being able to create a future that's different than your past is you have to be willing to let go of victimization. And victimization is that we get victimized by our own wounded psychology. Mm. I, can't do, I can't set boundaries because my mother never set boundaries or my father would punish me when I was young or just have low self-esteem so I can never speak up for myself. That's like the, the, that is you being victimized by your own unconscious or by what happened to you in the past. I think that um, it's important when we talk about breaking up victimization, we uh, acknowledge that the things that happened to us when we were young were never our fault. We're not talking about fault. Right. But, the story and the patterns that we keep bumping into that had their roots in what happened way back when that is our responsibility to evolve forward. And so in order to do that, we want to start to see the specific meaning that we're making, that we are making, that we are making now in the moment. Oh, he didn't call back and I'm making that mean I'm not good enough. And then inside of that interpretation, how do I respond? Well, I start to overgive to try and prove my value. Mm. If I can just mm-hmm. morph myself into who I think he wants me to be, or maybe I should invite him over to dinner, or maybe I should go and you know, call him three times a day and really try harder. Right. And basically what we're doing when we then act from our interpretation is validate the story. We almost enroll other people into the story. Mm -hmm. So I can Mm -hmm. give you an example for I'm wanted or I'm invisible, like all of those core beliefs that we have and the way that we're interpreting and then showing up inside that interpretation is literally causing the story to repeat over and over and over again. So one of the first concepts that we look at with calling in the one, we look at setting your intention. We look at having people identify the pattern that they've been stuck in. And then we go right to how are you the source of the pattern? Mm -hmm. And it's very important when we ask that, that somebody, you know, not go into shame or blame, 
That's right. another thing that we do, right? Oh, I'm so stupid or I don't believe in myself and then nobody loves me. Like, it's just, no, that's not what we're talking about. Like, how do you actually enroll people into into this story that you're not worthy of being present or how do you actually cast you out? Or how mm-hmm. are you actually showing up in a way that puts other people on the defense? So you're getting, yes. you know, you're getting that I'm not safe validated because people are showing up with their defenses sky high with you. So until we actually start to see clearly how it's happening through us as opposed to just to us, we can't actually change anything. And as long as we're kind of stuck in the, you know, how do you feel about the fact that your mother was so negligent, you know, and, and is it a tragedy that you had a negligent mother? Yes. But if we stay stuck there, nothing will change. Nothing. Because I have to now realize, I have to, as the adult, need to start seeing, well, how am I setting other people up to repeat neglect? Well, number one, I neglect myself constantly. I ignore what I need. I put other people's needs first. I know what I should do in order to take care of We don't do it. It's called self-neglect. How do I then train other people to neglect me? Well, I never express my needs. Well, I always you know, put their needs on a pedestal, start organizing around their needs. I disappear my feelings. I don't express my needs. You know, it's like, I don't even think I have any needs, you know? Right. So we have to start to see that. And that's what I'm calling, you know, that opens up a ton of, oh, well, I better grow in this area because I don't even know what healthy needs are or what's the difference between unhealthy needs and, and healthy needs. Right. So, but, but the, what opens up, a sense like, oh, this really is possible. I really could have a future that's different than my past. Um, is the willingness to be responsible for ourselves as the source of our experience. That will catapult us out of resignation. Inside the old story, if you're stuck in the old story and you're over-identified with the self that you formed in response to the traumas of your past, you will feel resigned because there is no hope at all in that story because centered in that story should you have uh the opportunity to manifest love that's outside of that story it's predictable that you will soon begin to create toxicity in the relationship you will not realize the higher potentials of that relationship and you will actually end up playing out the old story then with that partner yes And, you know, I'm thinking as you're talking, Catherine, that it is so empowering for our listeners to know when you start to shift from that place of knowing what I know you call it your source fracture. I call it the core wound. When we identify what that that pattern has been with to start to act differently by not neglecting ourselves, for example, or maybe speaking up about what we truly desire here in a situation um, it, it's just really transformational to start showing up for yourself differently. And then people finally yeah. get with the program. You know, some get with it faster than others, but it really starts to transform how you're related to because you're relating to oh, yourself other people the world will differently. Change. Other people will change so quickly. Yeah. You will start to see the respect you've always yearned for. You will start to see, I mean, it's almost, so there's, 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 there's a metaphysical aspect to this. So there's a very practical aspect 
you know, if I've always been, how am I the source of being invisible? Oh, oh, by the way, my comfort zone is to sit in the back row and never raise my hand. Mm, yes. So if I'm going to really, right, if I'm going to really, and I, and, and, oh, by the way, I crafted, I'm invisible as a strategy. I'm just going to make myself invisible. But then it became a prison. And how am I the source of the prison? We have to get off the rageaholic dad. I mean, look, every Father's Day, have a good cry. But don't let it run your life anymore. Like you're the source of invisibility if you're a grown-up right now. And so, well, oh, you know, I better, you know, I, I better, first of all, I anchor into a deeper truth. What's the truth? Well, the truth is, is I came here to participate and to have an impact in my environment. I was born for that reason. And it's my responsibility to presence myself. Right. That's the power statement mm. for I'm to break up. I'm invisible or one of them. And then and then what's the new way of relating? Well, you sit in the front row and you raise your hand yes. and you speak and you make yourself visible. You source your own visibility. So that will begin. So immediately what happens, you start showing up differently and suddenly people will see you. And suddenly people will refer to what you said and validate your presence. And you are indeed here. You are indeed having an impact. Suddenly somebody is going to come to you and ask for your thoughts on a particular matter. You start to have an influence on what's happening. And it's completely outside of who you've known yourself to be. So it's quite shocking when it happens. Because here you've been sitting for 10 years in therapy trying to get to the source of why everybody yes. doesn't see you. Right. And really it can happen in an afternoon one afternoon and suddenly people start to see you and refer to you and, you know, elevate you to positions of leadership or whatever it is that you've been missing. And certainly, you know, you know, the, the, the gender you're attracted to will begin to notice you in a whole different way. So where beliefs really shift, where beliefs really shift is in the relational field. Beliefs were formed in relationship with others mm. and they only transform in relationship with others. And that transformation has to begin with where we're centered and how we're showing up. And then we see it in the eyes of others mirrored back to us. And that's and Catherine, where your old beliefs become a mere memory. Yes. So my last question is, so when we're on that path, experiencing what you've just shared, uh, just taking it from the title of calling in the one, attracting the love of your life, kind of like, how do we know when this person, you know, like when we're starting to meet people and like how to discern that that's your one? You know, I think there, um, I think we all go into relationships, giving them the benefit of the doubt. Mm. And I, and so it's fine to have a conditional, you know, uh, expectation, like, like, like healthy expectation, that, that state of anticipation, healthy anticipation that this person could indeed be the life partner you've been waiting for. And then of course there's the, you might even have a feeling or a knowing if you're a very intuitive person, you have that part of you highly developed, you might feel very strongly about that. But I think that the things that we're really looking for, number one, you want to feel comfortable to be yourself fully. That's good. There's just this, this, this deep sense of, oh, I am at home with this person. I don't have to try so hard. 
right? That I, I, I'm not trying to win someone over. I'm actually, we're connected in a way that has us both feel better. The other thing you're looking for is the character of that person. You must assess good character. How are they treating other people? Yes. Are they in integrity with their word? Do they take self-responsibility? If you ask them about what happened in their former relationships that um, that didn't work, are they just blaming the other person or are they sharing their own self-reflective uh, growth? Like I realized that, you know, I subjugated my own voice and I disappeared myself and uh, I kind of trained that person to not respect me or to not honor me. And so I've really learned my lesson. I used to be very, um, you know, very uh, kind of codependent and how I gave my power away to others. And I used that very painful to change that. Looking at self, uh, some of the capacity yes. for reflection, the willingness to own your part in something and just basic decency of character. You know, do they, are they in integrity in their life? Are they in integrity with you? Do they keep their word with you? Do they show up consistently? So, and, and I think we're also looking for shared vision and shared values. Mm, so there's an good. assessment period that's going on. You know, do you have the same frames of reference, the values that you're inside of? Do you, do you have the same frames of reference? Because then, you know, and, and so there's, and you're not going to find somebody who's you. Right. You're, you're always going to find somebody who's completely different. Like Michael, the man I'm, Yes. Happily, deliciously partnered with. We are like the tortoise and the hare. I mean, it is just (laughs) ridiculous. I'm like, you know, you say one thing to me and I'm like off and running, you know, in action, making it happen. He's still like, you know, like scratching his beard going, hmm, let me think about that for a minute, you know. But here's the thing, like, he's very fun. It's very funny between us. I mean, we've really, it's been quite an adjustment. When I first got that, it was like first at at the top of, the relationship and I kind of gasped because I had all these hopes for the relationship and then I thought oh my gosh oh my gosh how is this ever going to work you're like you know you're like very very plotting he takes things very very deep very thoughtful about everything before he makes a move and I'm just kind of like let's just go for it we'll figure it out when we get there yes <laughs> yes I'm with you on that yes <laughs> but oh, so I had to really take this on as a practice Mm-hmm. Like slowing down because mm-hmm. I'll be like right in midstream. I'm like ready to jump. And then he'll say, hmm, I'm not sure about that. And then I go, okay, let's just stop. Yes. So it's almost like I have to take it as a meditation. Like, okay, time to meditate. <laughs> and, yeah, and cultivating that part of yourself more. Definitely cultivating yeah. that part of myself more. And of course, you know, he catches things that I never caught before because he is going deeper and he is taking his time. And I do make mistakes because I do go too quickly. And so, you know, I think it's benefiting both of us and we're finding our way with it. But I'm just sharing that story because nobody is going to be a perfect match. You are going to find places of complete incompatibility in your sleep rhythms or how you eat or, you know, just unless that's a core part of your value. But so, so it's, so you have to make space for that and not make that wrong either. This is a growth journey. When you choose the one, you're choosing someone you can grow into each other with. 
I it's like not that. a perfect fit right off the bat. But these things like core vision, going the same place, we care about the same things, we're, we're building the same life together. Those are very, very critical. If you have someone with a different religion, then maybe the value is the value of love mm. or humanistic values. And you just have different practices. That's okay if you're both coming from the same well of what you're really committed to and what your life is about. Okay, thank you. That was all so helpful. That's yes to all of that. I appreciate it. And Catherine, and I, appreciate I appreciate this time. That you're together. doing your you're calling in the one now for yourself. I am. She's she's close. She's close. Yeah, she's got. A, she's a lucky person. That's for sure. Thank you. Thank you for that, Catherine. Yeah. I love talking to you, and I really appreciate this time. Thank you so much. It's an honor to be with you. You're welcome. And will you please give Michael my regards? And I look forward to seeing you both when we're both in the same city again. Oh, yes. Yes. We're all going to really give big hugs when the time is right. Absolutely. Okay, Catherine, love to you and thank you for today. Thank you. Bye, everyone. Bye. That concludes my show today with Catherine Woodward Thomas. Learn more about her at KatherineWoodwardThomas.com, including her coaching circle centered around the newly revised Calling in the One on Tuesday, September 8th. And y'all, I just want to wish you my love. Check out my website at NolaTherapy.com. Give this podcast a rating. Order my book. I want to work with you and share this experience of growth and transformation. All of my love. Bye-bye. You're listening to All Things Therapy with Lisa Tahir, only on L.A. Talk Radio. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.